0: Today we're beginning a new message series called The Book of Life. We're going to be talking about something that I believe is an essential component in every father's toolkit. You can't be a successful father without utilizing this component. It's a book called the Bible. When our country was founded, a deep knowledge of the Bible was part of every person's education. It was studied from cover to cover when you went to college. Everybody knew the teachings of the Bible, but today the most famous book in the history of the world is rarely taught in school unless you're studying theology. You can study every other book in the world, but you don't study the Bible. A recent survey showed that 58% of Americans, I was shocked by this, were not even interested in the wisdom that's found in the Bible anymore. 57% read it less than five times a year. Obviously, if you're not very interested in it, you're not going to read it much at all. People think they know what is in the Bible, nevertheless, but survey after survey tells us that people don't know what's in the Bible. Their view of the Bible and the things that it teaches are incorrect in many different ways. But this morning, I'm here to tell you that the Bible is indeed the most important book on the face of this planet. It is the most essential book for every person to read and study for life your mission in life is to understand one book not 20 books not 50 books but one book the bible now it's not the shortest book in the world but it's only one book and that is a worthy goal for each of us to understand the bible let's look at our first verse this morning it's found in 2 Timothy 3 chapter 16 i mean verse 16 to 17 now in your bulletins is a white paper you can pull that out it has our outline On there, and on the flip side of the outline, are study questions that deal with the topic of today's message. And you can use those questions for your own personal study, and those are also covered in our life groups in more depth. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that. The man of God, or the woman of God for that matter, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so the Bible is God-breathed. Some translations say God-inspired or inspired by God. And that means that the words that we find written in the Bible are not simply words that men have written down. They are words that have been conveyed to those men by God Himself. That's why we call the Bible God's Word. Now think about it for a minute. I mean, sometimes the things we're so familiar with, we don't think about how incredibly awesome they are. The creator of the universe, the one who flung the stars across space, has chosen to communicate with us in written fashion. And he has directed men through the Holy Spirit to write down the truths that are essential for us to live life on the planet He's created. Anybody say that's incredible? That's incredible. Uh, it's really incredible, isn't it? And these verse, this verse tells us that the Bible is essential to equip us to live the life that God created us to live. When God created each one of us, He has a purpose for us, and we cannot fulfill that purpose without the directions in the Creator's manual that tell us how to live our lives. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even as dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And so the Word of God that's contained in the Bible is living and active. It's not that the words jump out of the page, but there's something about it. That when you read it, it affects you through the Holy Spirit. Because the Word of God is used by the Spirit of God to show us truth. The Word of God shows us truth about ourselves. It shows us truth about other people around us. It shows us truth about the world. And it shows us the truth about God. God uses His Word to reveal Himself to us. The Bible is God's revelation to us of who He is, what He is like, what He requires of us. Now, today my message is entitled, How to Be a Successful Father. And we're going to look at a passage in the Bible that I believe holds the key to success as fathers. Now, if you're not a father here this morning, please don't check out. Okay, because for you, I entitled this message, How to Be a Successful Person. Okay, so if you're a mother, a woman, a youth... You can take pretty much everything, well, not everything, but pretty much everything, say 80%, and apply it to your lives. So let's get started. How to be a successful father, how to be a successful person. You need to learn God's word. I mean, this goes without saying. If the creator of the universe has revealed to us the secrets of life, the secrets of God, the secrets of Everything that we need to know, we need to learn it. We're going to be looking at a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6. In verse 1 it begins and says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Now, these words, Deuteronomy 6, was written by Moses, who was the leader of Israel at the time, and they were inspired by God. Moses here was to teach the people of Israel the words of God. The words that God taught him, he was to teach the people of Israel. And so the word of God was meant to be learned by the people of Israel. They had a purpose from God. And God's purpose for the nation of Israel at that time was to go into a land, a promised land that he had reserved for them to live in. And they needed to learn God's word in order to inherit the blessing that he had for them. The first step to being a successful father is to understand, to learn what is written in the Bible. Now, what are the benefits of learning God's Word? Well, as we learn God's Word, we're going to fear the Lord. Notice verse 2 begins and says, So that. Moses is going to teach the people these things, the commands of God, so that. So that you, your children, and their children after them may what? May fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. Now, who is this scripture directed towards? It's directed to parents, specifically fathers. And so the benefits of learning God's word apply to fathers, it applies to their children, and it applies to their children's children or their grandchildren. When you learn and know God's Word, you're going to fear the Lord. Now, that seems to be a concept that's hardly ever talked about anymore, but it's, it's written about throughout Scripture. And how is fear of the Lord demonstrated? It's demonstrated by keeping His commands. You know, if the policeman tells you to pull over, how do you demonstrate your fear of the policeman? You pull over, don't you? Or else... Because you have a certain fear of His authority. And when we fear God, in a good sense, we want to obey His commands because the consequences of not obeying are fearsome, are worrying. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means to have a respect, to have an awe. People say it's just a reverence. No, it's a fear. It is a real fear. He's the God of the universe. He holds our eternal destinies in His hand. We have such a fear that we humbly obey everything He tells us to obey. We study His Word. What is He telling me to do? What must I do to follow Him? And we do our best to put it into practice. We know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if we disobey His Word, if we don't do the things He tells us to do, that something bad is going to happen to us. Not only to us, but to our children and to our children's children. And so... We fear God. It's the first benefit of learning God's Word. To learn what it means to fear God. Secondly, the verse continues in verse 2. It says, and so that you may enjoy long life. The second benefit to learning God's Word is a long life. Now God's general will for those who walk in His ways is that they're going to, or that they should enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy life. He made life to be enjoyed. He wants you to live a long life. And so when you learn God's word, you set yourself up for a life of enjoyment in following God. It doesn't mean a life of leisure. It doesn't mean a life where you never work, or you win the lottery and kick back by the pool for the rest of your days. It means a life of productive, enjoyable work, living for God. And in general, those who follow God's word, Live longer and healthier lives. There's always exceptions. Did Jesus himself live a long life? No. So there's some exceptions, but this is God's general will. And so two benefits of learning God's word is fearing God and enjoying a long life. And so as a father, the most important thing in life is not providing for your child's college education. The most important thing in life is not that they're wearing the latest fashions or having the the top in gadget of the hour. The most important legacy that we can give our children is a legacy of fearing the Lord and following His Word all their lives. And if we can instill that in our children, then everything else is going to work out. It's not just about providing financially as fathers for our children. And where does it start? It starts with a father making God's Word a priority in his life. If it's not a priority in your life as a father, it's not going to be a priority in your children's lives. If your children don't see you studying God's Word and following it and putting it as a priority over everything else, then they're not going to put it as a priority in their lives either. We can talk about something being a priority, but unless the children see it, the lesson is not going to be learned. If you're a mother here this morning and your husband isn't a believer, then it's up to you to learn God's Word and to train your children in God's way. And God will honor you for that. If you're not married, well, this applies to you as well. There are benefits in your life of learning God's Word. If you're not yet a parent, uh, there's benefits to putting these into practice, principles into practice right now. I encourage every person who's a believer or if you're seeking after God, to spend at least 15 minutes a day reading the Bible and pray. That's the minimum amount. I guarantee you every person here wastes at least 15 minutes a day that you could put to use. If you say, I have no time, you could put to use reading the Bible and pray. Some habits are good, and this is a good habit to have. Believe everything you read. Even if you don't fully understand it, there's parts of the Bible I don't understand. But I believe they're true. I don't yet understand it. You know, it's just Greek to me. But I believe it's true. And maybe one day I'll understand it. But there's a whole lot of parts we do understand. There's a whole lot of parts even a child can understand. And when we understand those parts and we put them into practice, then God gives us greater understanding. Teach your children to do the same. You read your Bible at least 15 minutes a day and pray, teach your children to do the same. Even a child can do that. Ask God to teach both of you what it means to fear the Lord. And he will, because that's his desire and will for us. And so learning God's word is the first key to success in life. Next, we need to obey God's word. Verse 3 begins and says, Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey. Once we know what God wants us to do, we need to obey. And the verse says we must be careful to obey. Not careless about obedience, but careful. And when we do obey, what are the benefits? Verse 3 continues, so that, and here we have the benefits, if we're careful to obey, so that it may go well with you. I'd like things to go well with me. I'd like things to go well with you. And I ask you, how's it going? It's going well, Pastor. Oh, good. That makes me happy. Makes you happy, makes me happy. God wants things to go well. With you. And that happens not just by knowing God's word, but by obeying it, by putting it into practice. Doesn't mean you're never going to have a problem. Uh, Doesn't mean there's never going to be a difficulty you have to overcome, but overall, things are going to work out. And you're going to see God's plan being worked out in your life and in your family day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. Next benefit is you're going to increase greatly. Verse 3 continues and says, And that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. And so this promised land that Israel was going to be going into had been their destiny. It had been promised by God to them. It was the blessing that God had planned for them. In the same way, today... In a sense, God has a promised land for you. He has a land of blessing for you. I mean, not a physical land, but a place in life for you. That's a place of blessing for you and your family. And in that land, He wants you to increase greatly. He wants you to grow in that place that He has for you. That's different for each one of us, but He he wants us to increase. He wants our influence to increase. He wants... He wants our knowledge of Him to increase. He wants our character to grow, to becoming more like Jesus. He wants us to increase. He doesn't want us to stay the same. You know, we get in a rut so often, but God wants us to increase. He wants us to grow. He wants us always to be looking for more. And that's what He has for us. But it starts with learning and then obeying God's Word. The Bible speaks in James about people being deceived James chapter 1, by just knowing God's Word. And this is very common deception in America because in one sense, God's Word is more widely known here than in many countries across the world. The knowledge is not complete, but people know a little bit of God's Word and they think, hey, that's enough. I know some of God's Word. I know the Lord's Prayer. And hey, that's enough for me. But the deception is that people think they're blessed Just by hearing or reading God's Word, they take the first step and think, wow, I'm such a good person. You know, I read three chapters this week and that puts me in like the top 99% in America reading the Bible. I'm quite proud. But James says you're not blessed if you just read. That's just the first step. The blessing comes when you obey or put God's commands into practice. That means you have to take Something away from your reading that you can personally apply to your life that changes either the way you think or the way you act. That's the only way the blessing truly comes. Now, as fathers, the deception is that if we merely tell our children how to live God's Word, that's going to be sufficient. Don't do as I do, do as I say, son. They roll their eyes. It doesn't work. According to the Bible, we as fathers must live out our obedience to God's word in such a way that our children hear our words of instruction and they see our actions on a day-to-day basis. Is mom and dad, our mom and dad, following God's word the way they tell us to do? Now God's word can't be divorced from the God who wrote it. And so as we learn God's word, as we seek to obey it, we must also grow in loving God. Deuteronomy 6 continues in verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is one God and not many gods. The temptation of ancient Israel and of us today is to worship many gods. The Bible calls many gods idols. An idol is anything you put above God in your life. And whenever we don't make God a priority in our lives, we are, in effect, worshiping an idol. Everybody here would say, I'm not an idol worshiper. But if we think hard enough and long enough, there's times in our lives when we put something ahead of God in our lives. And that is, in effect, worshiping an idol, not acknowledging that there's only one God to be obeyed. And so as we learn and obey God's word, we learn more about him and our love for him grows. As our love for God grows, so does our desire to obey Him. The two go hand in hand. And He empowers us, He strengthens us to obey God's Word. And with this message, we need to be careful not to draw the assumption that we can obey God's Word in our own strength. We can't. We all will fail. But with God's help, we can. We can grow in it day after day. And so we love the Lord. We love God, the one and only God, with everything we have. Verse 5 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, isn't that a little extreme? I mean, what's left if you love God with everything you have? Well, God's Word teaches us that our love for God must be 100%. Not 90%. Everything we have is God's. God does not accept second best. He's to be our primary focus. He's to be our primary love in life. And when we love God like that, we're going to keep His Word in our hearts. Verse 6. It says, These commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. You know, it's one thing to know God's Word in our head. And to know the outline of a a book of the Bible, it's another thing to have God's Word in our hearts. You know, if you really love someone, you treasure their words. You think about what they say. And when we really love God, we treasure His Word in our hearts. We, we think about it. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. We meditate on it. We study it because we love Him and we know He's got something important to say. If God speaks, we need to listen. Fathers who love God will love His Word. And they're going to convey that love to their children. One way to grow in your knowledge and love of God's Word is to be a continual learner. And one of the ways to learn God's Word is to learn from teachers that God has placed in the church I just want to put in another plug for our new growth class that we began this Sunday at 8.30, 8.30 to 9.30. We're doing in-depth Bible study. We're talking about the end times, the triumph of Christ's kingdom. This Sunday we talked about a prophecy in the book of Daniel over 2,500 years ago. Prophesied what was going to happen from that time all the way down through human history and it talks about our day-to-day and what's going to happen until Jesus returns. Well, God has revealed that to us. And it gives us great hope as we study. So I encourage you, it's going to help you develop a biblical worldview. Uh, this unit is about seven lessons long, and then we're going to go on to another unit. But it's going to help you put your own Bible reading into perspective, into practice. So if you can possibly be here, I encourage you to come. And you can start at any time, just the fact that you uh, you can... You can You didn't come today, doesn't mean you can't come next Sunday. You'll be able to pick up uh, quite easily. So as fathers, we must teach our children God's Word. Verse 7 continues and says, Impress them, which is God's commands, God's Word, God's truth. Impress them on your children. And so it's the father's responsibility when we talk of a father, of course, the, the mother is involved as well. The father, as a spiritual leader of the home, has the major responsibility to impress God's truth upon their children's hearts. To impress some of their families to study and learn God's word together as well. In order to do that, we need to talk about God's word Continually. Verse 7 continues and says, Talk about them, which is God's commands, when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That sounds a bit fanatical, doesn't it? Talk about God's Word all the time. Well, we talk about so many things that have no lasting value, that have no eternal value. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that we're going to have to give an account of every idle word. And when I go through a day, I hear a lot of idle words. A large amount coming from my mouth. When you think about it. And God wants us to speak about His Word. I don't think we've even tapped the surface because God's Word applies to just about everyone well, no, on not just about to every situation in life it has an application to every situation in life to every facet of our lives and what better way in the context of teaching our children is there to show how God's word applies to the things they're dealing with to show how God's word applies to the things the family is dealing with we talk about it now what does God's word have to say about this if I instruct you to go left and not right, what is there in God's Word that tells us that you should go left and not right, or right and not left? We talk about God's Word continually. And that applies not just to dealing with children. It applies to all of life. It applies to each of us. We don't talk about God's Word enough. If we really love it, we will talk about it more. We need to think about God's Word. Verse 8 says, tie them, that them again is God's command, as symbols on your hands, and bind them on your foreheads. Now the Israelites took this very literally, and they actually did that. But the the application for us is not really to... Well, at football games sometimes, you know, John 3.16 on your forehead or something like that. But the implication for us... To tie God's word on our hands is that the actions that we do ought to be in keeping with God's word. Uh, to put God's, bind God's word to our foreheads is that we ought to be thinking about God's word. Not just on Sunday mornings, but all the time. When you read God's word, do you come away with a, with a command or, or an insight that God wants you to think about for the rest of the day? Or did you just check off your thing that you read your chapter and an hour later you can't remember whether you read in the New or Old Testament? Sometimes it happens to me. But God wants us to come away with something that we can think about, that we can meditate on so that we can put it into practice. A successful father will think about what he's read and will talk about it with his children. He'll talk to his children about what they've read And how they can apply it to their lives as well. Finally, we need to spread God's word. Deuteronomy, the last verse, 6 verse 9 says, Write them God's commands on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, this might not be a bad thing to do literally. When people come to your house, I to step on any toes, but is there something on the walls of your home that speaks of God's Word or the fact that you're a Christian? Or is it all just pictures of your family? Nothing wrong with pictures of your family, but is there something on the walls about God that speaks of God? That His Word is honored on the walls of your home. When you leave your home, are you looking for ways to spread God's Word to others? Are you involving your children in spreading God's word to others? And recently, I've been going door to door in the neighborhoods around the church, uh, talking to new movers in the area. And each time that I've gone, I take one of my children along. And we meet the people, we, we share God's love, we invite them to church. Not my children, but the people were, were knocking on the doors. And we're training the children how to step out of their comfort zone. Would they do that on their own? No. But when they come with Dad, it's not too hard. And they're learning how to step out of their comfort zone, meet people they've never met before, and spread God's Word. And so teaching the children God's Word is, is two things. You can tell them what to do, but you need to show them what to do. To show them what to do, you have to put it into practice yourself, and you take them along with you. Now that applies when you're teaching uh, uh, adults as well. And we should all be teaching others more and more about God's Word. Talking about it, putting it into action and involving others. And so the success of a father, we're talking about how to be a successful father, the success of any believer in life is a function of taking advantage of God's incredible Word. Not letting it collect dust on our shelves. But actually reading it, learning it, understanding it, applying it, obeying it, putting it into practice. Growing in your love for God through it, teaching your children to do the same things that you are doing. And when you do that, you're laying a foundation of success for your own life, for your children's lives, and for your children's children's lives. Isn't that incredible? It goes down. Through the generations. The seeds of truth that you plant. Will grow. Into a harvest of blessing. Now to understand and apply God's word. You really need to be a believer in Jesus Christ. To do that. You simply need to admit that you've sinned. That you've done wrong. We all have. Believe that Jesus. Died on the cross. That your sins might be forgiven. Commit your life to following Him and His Word all your days. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray. And if you're not sure that you're a believer here this morning, I encourage you to pray with me in your own mind. If you've made a prayer like this in the past, but you want to recommit your life today, that's fine, that's wonderful. Pray something like this. God can hear your thoughts. Say, Father, today I admit that I've done wrong things, I've sinned. I've been following my own way in life rather than your word. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you. I commit myself to acknowledging you as Lord of my life. And obeying your word. Day in and day out. Thank you for coming in. Thank you that I'm your child. And for those here this morning that are believers, let's ask for God to help us. Father, we thank you this morning for the incredible gift of your word, of the Bible. Forgive us, Lord, for for not being more diligent to learn it and to apply it to our lives. One book. Help us, God. We pray that each of us would put your word in a place of priority in our lives. May we learn it. May we obey it. May we grow in every aspect of it. May we love it, God. Help the fathers that are here today to teach their children God's word. And even those whose children are gone, God, make a way for them to continue to influence through prayer and word their are children who may have gone from the homes. May each of us talk about your word. May we think about it. May we spread it to those around us. May we spread your truth. God, protect us from being distracted. From studying your word. By the things around us that may not even be bad things. But they distract us from the most important thing. Help us to give it the place of priority that it deserves. God, we pray that many more would be able to take advantage of the growth class that we have on Sunday mornings at 8.30 as we dig deeper into your word. Help us to apply it to our lives. And we thank you, God, that as we plant the seeds of the truth of your word in our hearts, and as we plant that truth in the hearts of others, it's going to grow up to bring a harvest of blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.